Hi everyone, I'm Mario Selenas. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo Origin Gates Daily Podcast. I'm thrilled to be able to bring to you yet again a story from my life that will hopefully translate into something I can exhort and something I can impart to the listeners. Thank you for joining me. I want to bring you to something that took place not very long ago in the life of my oldest son, Christos, and it involves a financial transaction and particularly the purchase of, of a home, his first house, which he purchased at the age of 20. He's 22 now. And before I go back to that, I want to tell you that uh, all three of our children have been equipped and educated financially from a young age. We believe, Danielle and I, that children do not need to be 18 years old or 16 years old even before we start to teach them financial matters. We believe that um, very quickly and very uh, at a very young age, they had a capacity and a propensity to grasp financial principles and to apply stewardship to their lives. And as a result, they were ahead of their peers in many different matters pertaining to finance. And one of them was our oldest son, Christos, felt at the age of 18 that he had his ducks in a row to be able to purchase his first home that he would live in and then uh, move into like the real estate world and he was turned down by all the banks he applied to for a loan at the age of 18 and it wasn't because there was anything in in his papers and his documents that was out of out of order they actually said we're very impressed with your presentation of yourself and your financial uh, papers and documents but we've never given a loan for a house in this town to an 18 year old so come back next year so he kept going back for two years and finally at the age of 20 he was able to secure um, the loan and to get everything in order and it came to the day of the closing where he would take possession of the house and it would be the final walk through the house with the, with his agent his real estate agent and the agents from the other party that were selling the house were going to be present and this was going to be it but there came something uh, into the picture on the last evening before this closing that was like the wrench in the spokes of the wheel if you would it was the it was the it was going to be a stumbling block an issue and it had to do with um, with some kind of a, an oil tank or uh, I, I forget the exact details but it was something that was going to be rather costly that they were that was going to need to be replaced that that emerged last minute and my son was going to either accept that he was going to have to replace this it was a five thousand dollar item or as he did he would demand that the sellers uh pay for that to be replaced by taking the amount of five thousand dollars off of the total price for the house and it was a there was this back and forth a very tense back and forth the night before the closing and I could see my son, he had had disappointment after disappointment from the age of 18 to 20, trying to get a house. And then at the age of 20, he's finally about to land this house. And uh, this, is, this is not working out. And he's having this, um, this impasse with the, uh, with the sellers and their agent. And it came down to they were going to meet for the final walkthrough. And they're either going to determine what's going to happen and they're going to work through this thing or he's not going to be able to uh to get the house and i i remember having such a heart for him and at the time i i told danielle i'm gonna show up tomorrow at the same time that they're doing this 
And I'm going to, if I need to, I'm going to intervene. I, I can't allow for our son to be discouraged anymore about this. He's, he's done his due diligence. He's worked really hard. I've seen him. I, I commend him for everything that he's done properly in this. And I don't want him to be disappointed. So we had an understanding, Danielle and I, that we would do whatever it took for him to get the house. If the sellers denied and, uh, his request and they wouldn't pay, then we would pay to make sure that he got this house. <clears throat> so... I remember telling him, hey, I might show up. To, is it okay if I show up? And he says, listen, if you want to show up, it's okay, but I need you to keep your mouth shut. And that's exactly what my son said to me. He says, I do not interfere. Do not get into my business. Let me handle this. I got this. And so I, I show up and there are several cars parked in front of the house. One was for the, <clears throat> the seller's representatives who were his agents. The other one was for my son's agent and my son's car. And then I pulled up my car. So now there are in this rather small driveway, four cars. And there we are out in the yard discussing this whole thing. And I can tell it's not good when I pull up. I pulled up a few minutes after they were supposed to meet. They'd done the final walkthrough. Everything was in order. But there was this sticky point about this $5,000 charge and who's going to pay it and, and so on. And I could tell that things were tense because nobody was talking. Everybody was looking at their shoes, kind of like shuffling around nervously on the lawn there. And I could tell like something had been said and somebody didn't like it and nobody was talking. And, I, you know, you, you learn to read these things uh, after some time in, in the business world. And, and I show up and I said, hi, how's, every, how's everybody? I'm Mario, I'm Christos' son. And everybody just kind of <laughs> nodded with their, their, you know, with their, you know, lifting their chin just slightly and kind of nodded in my direction and they kept looking at their shoes again. So the tension was very, very tangible. And, um, and I just kind of edged up to my son and said, Hey, what, what's going on? And, and he said, uh, you know, we, we, we also speak Greek. So he threw a few Greek words to let me know this thing wasn't going well. And he's, he's like, they're not going to budge and they, they want me to pay 1500 and the owners are only going to accept 3500 of it and he says i'm not budging i'm not i'm insisting i'm going to pay it and and so there was this back and forth and then christos and his agent went off to the side to negotiate amongst themselves about how they're going to present themselves in this negotiation in in the next in the next phase of it and while he went while he walked off i was there with the agents representing the sellers and I said to them, listen, I want him to get this house. If it's $1,500, that's the sticky point. I'll put $750 if the owners will take the other $750 on top of the $3,500 they agreed to. And let's get this done. And as soon as I said that, the, the, there was a female agent and a male agent. I think it was a married couple. She pulled out her phone and got on the phone. I mean, immediately it changed the air and I started to feel really good about what I had done. I thought, there it is. I broke the stalemate. That's what it took. It took a father coming in here and being a dad. And I started to feel really good about myself. And she's on the phone and she, she says a few words and then, you know, she walked away from us. I couldn't hear what she was saying. She comes back and says, you got a deal if they'll accept it. So Christos and his agent now come back from around the yard where they were negotiating on how they're going to, you know, talking about how they're going to negotiate. And, and Christos is like, what's going on here? And she said, your father offered to pay 750 if the owners would pay the other 750 
and and we we have a deal if you're okay with it and Christos gave me this look of huge disappointment and he walked up to me and in Greek he said you are such a sucker you just fell for $750 I had this whole thing why did you have to interfere I told you not to and and I said well I wanted you to get the house and and, and all this and he says just just walk away so I left Christos got the house and then we all gathered at the house later that evening to celebrate and to congratulate them and uh, and all the stuff that you do. And Christos started to explain to me why I had been so wrong in what I had done. First of all, he said, you disobeyed my request, which was to stay out of this. I had this. I had been doing this for two years. I knew the ropes. You didn't know what you were talking about. You jumped in there. You were cold. You didn't you didn't you, you were not in any way prepared for that negotiation and you shot yourself in the foot he said because i had this i was coming back with something that they weren't going to be able to deny and i was going to get the house and not pay the 750. so he says you know you paid the 750 you're a sucker and so on but he said uh the other part of it he said that this is an area that i have <clears throat> developed in that you haven't <clears throat> and that's not an area that you have studied that you have grown in but this is an area that I've educated myself in. And with the tutelage of, of our good friend, Robbie Venter, he said, I was able to grow and understand a lot about real estate. And I've worked with Robbie and I've had a mentor and you've been out of this process and you shouldn't have jumped in at the end to try to save the day the way you did. But he said, I appreciate your heart behind it. Thank you for looking out for me, but I'm sorry that you lost 750. You, you, that wouldn't have had to happen. And and it was all good. It all worked out. I apologize for stepping in out of out of order and so on. And and then afterwards, as Danielle and I were going to our house after we left his place, his new place, I said something to Danielle, which I'm going to share with you today, which was this. There comes a point in the life of a facilitator and one who is eager to empower others to outdo them when that facilitator has to step down and let the ones that they have groomed to outdo him or her, outdo him or her. In other words, it's one thing to say, I want them to build their floors on my ceiling and some of this imagery and language that we have when we preach or when we teach, where we say, I want this next generation to build their foundation on how far I went and then go from there and build skyscrapers on top of my foundation. And all of those things sound really good in a pulpit and people clap and get excited. But it's another thing to actually do that. And in order to do those things and to see uh, another generation that we have equipped and educated and empowered take over and go to the next level, we have to be willing to step down. We have to recognize our limitations that through the process of empowering them, they have attained perhaps understanding and wisdom and education in areas that we don't have any and that and that we don't need to be so patriarchal or matriarchal in our in our journey with them from that point forward but we need to actually step back and watch them do what they've been empowered by us to do and so in the case of Christos in real estate he had developed in a field that I had not pursued in my life up until that point and he showed himself approved in that area. He dealt with bankers, he dealt with lawyers, he dealt with realtors, he dealt with people from that world more than I ever have in my life combined, my, all my years. He did that in just two years. 
and he had attained understanding and knowledge that I actually didn't have. And what was happening, he said, on the lawn, this was a dance. This was a game. This was the way that the game is played. He said, we're going we're gonna to play hard to get. We're going to look at our shoes. They're going to look at their shoes. We're going to go back and forth. It's going to be tense for a bit. I'm going to walk to the backyard. We're going to make it look like we're going to walk away, but we're not going to walk away. They don't want to lose the deal. The owners don't want to lose the deal. We don't want to lose the deal. It's just a matter of us going through the steps to play the game. And he says, you stepped in, not knowing the game, assuming you knew the game. And he said, you did your thing, which you always do. You're going to throw money at it and you're going to fix it. And he's like, that's not how it works in this particular game that you don't know very much about. And so my son was right. And he actually spoke to me very respectfully. He wasn't intense or rude or in any way out of order. And I, and, and I was convicted. And I'm actually sharing that conviction with you to say, it's one thing to say we want them to outdo us. It's another thing to actually let them do that, to watch them do that, to step back from what we would have taken initiative in and to allow them to do what they've grown to do. Even if it's the wrong thing, if we're giving them the power and the authority to exercise something, like even in a staff of a, an organization or leadership roles, and we see somebody coming up that we are giving responsibility to and granting authority to exercise these things, if it comes to the point where they're going to exercise that authority, we need to step back and let them do it. And if it turns out to be the wrong thing, then we correct and we adjust and we monitor, but we don't step in and interfere, which is exactly what I did in that particular case. And it cost me $750, but it also taught me a very valuable lesson. And I tell my son, I went to a $750 seminar that day and I learned something. And I learned something not only about the industry that he was getting involved in, but also about him and me, about my generation and his generation. And I want to end with this. When it says in the scriptures that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, for me, that inheritance is more than just financial. For me, it includes education. It includes um, instruction. It includes uh, participation in someone's life. And for me, it also includes it doesn't, it's not framed in death for me when it says leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I don't see that as one departing and this is framed in death. I see it as being framed in life and one gets to enjoy his legacy or her legacy of imparting something to the next generation and leaving an inheritance to the next generation while they're still alive to enjoy it with them. And that's really what happened with my son, having seen him grow to this level of negotiating at that very high level of this transaction without needing me to get involved. And when I interfered, I was actually out of place. I was out of order because he had this. And so I want to encourage you, everybody listening to this, wherever you find yourself in this equation, uh, whether you are the one who empowers and the facilitator or the one who's receiving, let's learn to stay in our lane and to walk in our place according to what we've established in relationship, in our, in our understanding, and let's see growth and advancement come in our lives and especially in the kingdom of our God through the way that we interact with each other in the way that we uh, establish inheritance one generation to the next. I bless you. I bless your generations. Bless your household and may we grow and may we prosper even as, as our soul prospers. May we, may we be in health and may we advance and prosper in every way in the name of Yeshua. Amen.